have you ever been to somebody's website or checked out their program sales page and you're reading through the description and you just can't help but say out loud, oh my gosh, it's like they're in my head. Well, if you sell a service or a product online, that is exactly what you want that page to do. You want to get inside the mind of your ideal client and you want to be able to convey that and communicate it through your messaging on your sales pages, in your content, and on your website. This is the art of copywriting and creating copy for your programs, your services, your webpage, your content that really truly attracts your ideal client is all about using the right words to really communicate and have a conversation with that person. Today, my guest is Kathy Topping and we're talking all about copywriting. Kathy is a sales conversion copywriter who writes words that sell products and services for her clients. She also used to be a web designer and she's built and launched a number of her own online courses as well. So she can truly speak to writing copy as well as the web design pieces that fit so well together to help make your own sales page copy feel really unique and communicate effectively to your ideal client or customer exactly what you do and why they have to buy your offer. Let's dive into today's podcast. I'm Lexi Sparrow, holistic nutritionist turned business strategist who believes there's a much easier way to build your dream business online. It all starts by getting clear on the simple, straightforward strategies that support you. I created the Magnetic Business Podcast for coaches, consultants, and service-based entrepreneurs who are looking to start, launch, and grow their own successful online business in a way that feels aligned with how they want to spend their time and share their genius with the world. Each episode brings you a blend of step-by-step strategies, mini trainings, and energetic topics like human design and manifestation, so you can start taking serious action in the way that you were designed to be most successful. If you're ready to build your own blueprint to your most rewarding and thriving online business, then you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Hey, Kathy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Now, I know that in your bio, you mentioned that you used to be into web design and then through your own kind of personal journey, you started to lean more into copywriting. So can you just tell us a little bit about you, that journey and what you do now? Yeah, for sure. I am... I've been working for myself for I think about eight years now and like a lot of people I sort of transitioned from what I was doing before so I was sort of doing design work so I transitioned into freelance design work and um, within the first year or two of that I kind of landed on websites as my thing so I spent five years um, designing and building websites uh, but really deep down it wasn't the thing that I really wanted to be doing and it wasn't the thing that you know I felt most passionate about I guess um so obviously alongside that I was you know doing the copy for clients sometimes and I was promoting a lot of my own stuff and about two years ago 
well, I mean, it was around about, well, I was kind of planning it before March 2020, but then this sort of whole COVID pandemic thing kind of just accelerated everything. Um, I decided to kind of just drop everything and focus just on copywriting uh, because it's just the thing that I feel I'm best at and that I enjoy the most. And um, I'm really, really happy with that decision. And that, you know, that's what I do now. But I think my uh, design background sort of allows me to kind of bring a broader perspective to the projects I work on. So, um, you know, it's kind of a little bit my USP as well, having that sort of you know, extra skill set, I guess. I love how that organically happened. And I mean, I could totally picture that because as you're designing for people, a lot of people who maybe aren't aware that the copyright copywriting and the design is like two separate expertise really, but people I know that I've worked with have kind of assumed that they are one person or, you know, you think that, okay, I'm going to get someone to design my website, which means they're also going to help me really nail down my messaging on my website, which I assume that that's probably how you started to get more and more into copywriting is your clients are probably asking for help with that as well. Am I correct? Yeah. I mean, quite often, like you're right. Some, uh, some clients say, okay, I want a website and here, you know, whatever, here's how I want it to look and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm like, okay, so we've got your copy and they'd be like, um, <laughs> so, you know, I had to sort of come up with some processes to kind of get the copy out of them um other times people would have loads of stuff written but it you know walls of text don't lend themselves to websites so so you know it's always kind of um that kind of balancing act between the two um but uh yeah so it has you know it's kind of something that a skill that I had to kind of develop alongside sort of what I was doing at the time um and then, yeah, I kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what, I actually like the copy and the messaging and all that other stuff a lot a lot more than the technical side, which web designing can be quite technical. Um, and so, yeah, that's when I decided to just sort of go all in on, on one of them. And um, I think one of the things I kind of, one of the reasons that I did it, and I don't know if this is super relevant to your audience, I think it is, I think it is, <laughs> is because although I... Um, I've always been a writer since I was a kid, you know, so I'm one of those people who was writing stories when I was really little, always reading, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I had a massive, massive imposter syndrome around being a writer professionally. Um, and it was only when I kind of started doing some in, inner work, having some coaches, um, do a bit of therapy, all that kind of stuff that I kind of realized that that was what was going on. And that was actually massively instrumental for me to kind of make that decision that I'd been kind of building up a career around something that wasn't, didn't come as naturally to me because I had some weird imposter syndrome around the thing that I did want to do. Um, and it was so freeing when I kind of had that sort of revelation I'm so happy you shared that because that is actually 100% a lot of my clients. And even when they come to work with me and they have an idea of what they want to do, until we really start getting down to the foundations of their business and 
building that vision for them and how they want to feel in their business and really like the alignment process of it. Sometimes they realize exactly like you did. Wait a second. I'm, I'm kind of gearing towards this, but I actually like doing that a whole like a lot more. Why? What's stopping me from doing that? And just as you discovered, it can be so much of the inner work that we have to really get clear on before you can make those pivots in your business. And I also love that you know, March, 2020 has kind of become like this massive stamp in everyone's um, professional calendar, right? Like what happened prior to March, 2020 and what happened post March, 2020. And I love that you use that to really catapult yourself in this new direction. And it's obviously worked out really well for you. Yeah, it really did. Cause I think um, I'd started having, doing the kind of inner work at the end of the previous year and I sort of had my revelation and I was like oh okay this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to sort of transition and I'm going to do the sensible thing um, and I was putting some things in place and then yeah March 2020 when everything just kind of it was kind of within that first week you know like it was like the whole world just stopped and held its breath and just went like <gasps> and I was like oh the projects got cancelled or postponed and my husband came home and said I don't have a job and you know, it was um, it was really full on couple of weeks, and I just got into, I guess, kind of manifestation mode. You know, when you just get super super focused. And I was like, right, <laughs> I'm doing this because I know this is the thing that I can be really good at. Um, and honestly, within like I'd say under a week, I got my first big client as a you know like stamping in the sand. I'm a conversion copywriter. This is what I do. Um, and yeah, it's just snowballed from there. So if, yeah, it was good for me in a way, it just kind of forced me to just focus. It's like anything, isn't it? Once you kind of, you know, strip away all the stuff you're doing and be like, Hey, what actually really matters right now? And I just had that real clarity and the energy and it it just, it really worked, thankfully. I feel like, again, so many people are going to resonate with that. And if you're listening and you're in that position, why not just go for it or dip your toe in the water or, you know, try something different and just see how it goes. Cause you were never going to know until you try it. And who knows, it could work out like Kathy's pivot where it's just exactly what you want to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we just don't know unless you try it. Right. Um, just, yeah, I guess it's, it, sometimes it needs to be uh, the stars aligning a bit that it's the thing and you've got the energy and the bandwidth and the you know all the stuff and for me it did all those pieces kind of came together and I got the sort of I guess feedback from the universe that it was the right decision very quickly which always helps um, in terms of you know you know clients and projects and stuff um, but yeah I mean if you've got a sort of I think you always know don't you you always know deep down that's the thing and it's just sort of um, trusting yourself A hundred percent. And I mean, that actually leans in really well with what we're going to talk about today, which is copywriting and how really when your clients read about your services or they read your website, I mean, I always think I want them to have that feeling of, wow, I kind of just know this person is for me just based on what they're saying, the language that they're using, like, wow, this really resonates with me. And I know you have lots of tips and tricks to share on that, but your big statement was conversations, not copy. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so 
on my journey to becoming sort of a copywriter, I, um, you know, I, I did some training and, um, you know, learn, you, learn, you learn kind of techniques and ways of doing it. And copywriting can be quite formulaic um, in a lot of ways, uh, which is, you know, it's a good thing because there's a sort of science to it. But also um, a big part of it is that you get taught to do a lot of research. So you don't sort of just sit down and start writing. You do research, you sort of get to know the audience, you kind of immerse yourself in their language um, and sort of pay attention to what they're saying so that when you do sit down to write the copy, you start using, you incorporate the language of your audience into the thing that you're writing, like a website or a sales page or whatever it is. And by doing that, you, um, you connect with them better because you're using their language, right? Um, and part of that process, quite often I get my clients to do it or, you know, on my own projects I do it, is about having conversations. So it's not so much about doing lots of brainstorming exercises, but it's about getting on calls with people and having market research calls or um, spending time you know, either during or after the process of working with someone to have those conversations with them and, and in their own words, ask them kind of questions that elicit the language that they will explain to you where they were, what were their pain points, what was the big outcome. So all the kind of marketing stuff that we talk about, um, you know, through having these conversations, you get people to describe these things in their own language and in their own way. Um, and it just makes your copy much more authentic because I, I think one of the things that I sort of noticed because I started really working with coaches. So I kind of had this thing where I was like all this sort of coaching help that got me to where I'm at was like, oh, you know, I want to work in this space um, and I want to help coaches to kind of break through and, and explain what they're doing in a way that they can connect with people because for a long time I didn't do like I didn't do the work I needed to do because all the stuff I was reading just none of it seemed to be talking to me and what I realized is that and you know, every industry does this is that you sort of you're in an echo chamber aren't you so you say you're on Facebook or Instagram and you end up being surrounded a lot by your contemporaries or your peers and so everyone's kind of absorbing each other's language and talking about things and start being quite jargony and talking in sort of cliches, um, not intentionally necessarily, but because the language that's kind of come, going in is um, from the people who are your peers. And so what comes out sort of sounds the same as them. Whereas in fact, what you need to do is immerse yourself in the language of the people that you want to work with um, so that when you're writing your copy, that's the language that comes out. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes such sense. And honestly, for me, this was a game changer in my business when I actually took the time to do the market research and get on calls and really, really ask people those questions. Yes, it was scary. And we can totally speak to that and how to get started with it. But once I did that, that wasn't the huge light bulb moment for me. Oh my gosh. I'm talking about, so for nutrition, leaky gut, I'm talking about adrenal fatigue. I'm like throwing out this jargon left, right, and center in my copy and on my website that, you know, makes so much sense to me. And it's just language that I've used for years that everyone around me who were also nutritionists or fitness professionals also understood. 
but my clients had no idea what that meant, right? For them, leaky gut was the, the, the bloating and why everything they ate was painful or why they kept getting acne, even though they were starting to change what they were eating. Like all of the reasons why behind what that language was that I was using. And so as soon as I started to shift that and started to use more of the language of the people I interviewed, I started booking way more of the, my discovery calls, like literally overnight and not even exaggerating. And that was a huge light bulb moment for me. So that makes perfect, perfect sense. Yeah, well, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, copy is communication. Um, and, you know, you, you want to connect and communicate with, with your audience and jargon is like, becomes a barrier. And, you know, as you say, it's not intentional um, at all. And it's, it's, um, you know, I, I sort of have this idea, you know, the way I think of it is that, you know, when we're writing or we'll talk, you know, anything, but I think too, when we're writing, basically what comes out is what you put in. And so, like you said, if, if everything that you're hearing and reading and, you know, immersed in is what your fellow practitioners are saying, and it all makes sense to you. Um, but that's just, that's what's going to come out and that's not going to connect with your audience because they don't go around people don't go around saying oh oh my leaky gut <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> it's kind of like when you go to the doctor's office and they're like oh well i tested for you know this 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 and that and you're like what does that even mean versus them saying oh we tested your thyroid and this is what that looks like or we we're testing your blood sugar levels and this is what that looks like really almost thinking of how can i break it down and explain it to someone somebody who has no idea about, you know, the, all the education that I've done or the world that I live in every day. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, other stuff comes into it, you know, there are obviously, you know, you need to share your expertise and know what you're talking about and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I think, you know, in most of your copy it does, it needs to, um, just connect and and by having these conversations and so by having the conversations like the market research calls and then recording them um then you just you, you just have all this stuff you can like copy and paste almost um in your sales copy or what I love is um what I show people is you know if you have like three to five market research calls and then you're done really for a really long time because you you see that there's all these themes that emerge from the people you've spoken to um, and you can create a social media content plan in next to no time. And you never, ever run out of ideas because you can just look, look at back at these conversations or a sentence that someone said or, you know, a statement they made or a question that they had. And you're like, right, I'm off. Now I know what my, you know, this, social, this post is about for today. Um, and I think it works really, really particularly well for um, social media content, that kind of approach. And what it also um, some feedback I've gotten from people is that by doing this, people start being like, oh, so you're reading my mind. It's really weird. Like I read your post and I was like, yeah, you were talking exactly, you know, to me, you know, you were saying the things that I've been thinking. Um, and that level of connection is what makes people then reach out and be like, hey, I think you can help me. <laughs> There's no better compliment, I bet, for a copywriter when somebody says, my clients read this and they're like, you're reading my mind because you know you've nailed it then, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And quite often it's because, yeah, I've, I've taken something that you or someone like you has said um, and I'm just reflecting your words back at you. 
um, you know, often can be as simple as that. Um, and, you know, it's interesting the stuff that comes out because, you know, I, I sort of create documents and have all these sort of um, resources to go back to over and over and over again. So the thing for me when I started doing market research was it was really scary. I felt a little bit intimidated to reach out to ask people. And at first I was asking like friends and family, but they were not my ideal client. So I was getting like an array of answers that I couldn't really put together because, you know, I was afraid to ask people who might actually be my ideal client. So do you have some tips and tricks on how you can do really effective market research and really find that customer voice? Sure. I mean, I would say to do the conversation, like to have the market research calls, um, like I said, you only need a few, um, you know, maybe three, three to five calls will give you as much data and language and stuff that you can use as if you went out and got like 100 people to fill out a survey. So if you think of it in those terms, it's a lot better um, use of your time and energy. Um, And I guess, I don't know if, they're just people aren't they I mean as long as you aren't trying to do a bait and switch as long as you're not getting people on the call to then turn around and be like hey buy my thing which is not what you'd do just be really upfront and say look I just need to speak to three you know to a few people I just want to find out more about how you're feeling and you know how it might match with what I'm doing and um, quite often you know you can offer something in exchange for their time um, when I've done it myself, I've offered um, like a 30 minute copy clinic call that I do. So it's like, hey, if you spend, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes on the, on the phone with me, say thank you, I'll do this thing for you. And so, you know, if you're feeling a bit funny about it, then if there's some sort of, you know, exchange there, then maybe that kind of takes that feeling away. Um, but certainly some of the clients I've worked with have just put out a call on social media and be inundated with people who are like, yeah, 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 well, I want to talk to you. Because <laughs> I think, you know, people like to be heard, really. And basically you're asking, um, you're just offering to listen uh, to, you know, to what they're struggling with within the context of something that you might be able to help them with. So I think as long as you kind of keep it clear that you're not going to try and sell them on something um, and then obviously don't do that, and stay within that integrity, then, um, you know, that could help push through um, fear. There are other ways of doing it. If you really, you know, uh, people who don't really, really don't want to get on phone calls with people. Um, So you can do, um, like, just go online. So you, you you can, for example, Amazon's a really, really great place to kind of look at what people are saying. Um, or U- Udemy is that how you say it Udemy courses. yeah 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 <laughs> so basically if you look like if you take Amazon and just you know find a few books that uh, someone in your niche some pe- big, bigger people in your niche have published and just go and look at the reviews and see what people are saying and you will see that the way that people are reviewing these books and the way they're talking about them or in the same if there's like a course or something um, looking at the reviews that people are giving they're going to give their really unfiltered opinions about stuff. And so, you know, if there's a book about leaky gut, let's say, and the reviews are saying, you know, this is the thing I liked about the book is this, and this is why, or the thing that was missing is this, and this is why. And the way they talk about it, when you start looking at the reviews, um, you can, again, you can collect 
loads of really useful language that gives you some insight into these people who are your ideal client. Because like you said, talking to friends and family, most of the time they're not going to be your ideal clients. So it's not going to help. Like, you know, this only works if you're, you know, very clear on who it's for um, and that you're getting that kind of, you know, doing that research with that very specific um, person. Um, But yeah, reviews, looking at um, competitors in your industry, so a really good place to look is like the big people in your niche who are running like Facebook ads. Um, you can go and spy on their pages and you can see all the ads they're running and you can see, you know, the language they're using. And because if they're running those ads, it's because they're working. Uh, so they're, you know, they've got their messaging right. So you can kind of glean some sort of information from that going into Facebook groups and looking not so much um, making startup conversations in there, but also, again, it's listening, just like look at what people are saying, how they're describing their problems and, um, you know, looking in the comment section. And once you sort of start just um, looking at the online space through this lens, you'll see that your ideal clients are out there telling you over and over and over again, you know, what their pain points are and how they describe them and how they're feeling and, you know, what a, a big outcome would look like or feel like for them. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different ways you can do it, but definitely three to five calls, if you can muster up the courage, <laughs> um, is, is, you know, is, is gold. Um, absolutely. So. I think that's so effective. And to be honest, market research is one of the main things that I find so many coaches miss, not only for copywriting, but for when they're creating their programs and services. So I know that in my coaching program, that's something that we spend time on is really making sure that your offer is profitable and the market research is part of that. So you're kind of almost killing like two birds with one stone Mm -hmm. by just putting yourself out there, talking to people who you feel like are your ideal client profile. And really you're able to get not only a ton of information for copy, but like you said, for social media, for, for marketing material, and then also to really figure out and nail down what your offer needs to be structured like as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, um, they're all tied together as well. You know, you can't really extract them. Like you can't have one without the other. You can't sort of market a product or a service that you're not clear on who it's going to help or how it's going to help them. So, um, yeah, it all, you know, it all goes together. Um, and if you, you know, if you're doing, you should be doing, as you say, you should be doing this anyway and just record the calls and then you've got all that copy <laughs> language that you can use as well. So absolutely two birds with one stone. And I love that you'd mentioned at the beginning that, it's not a brainstorming session because this is what I see as well. When we talk about creating profitable offers or really, again, anything that we want to do to try to bypass having those real conversations with our ideal customers. And it's because when you're doing that brainstorming list, again, you're using your language, you're using maybe um, the advice of, well, think back to before you were a coach, which to me never really worked because Yes, I could get the stories part of it, but my language had changed so much that that my pain points are, you know, the the language I might have used five years ago is probably totally different than what I was brainstorming as well. 
Absolutely. And like, if I take myself as an example, um, like I've used words today with you saying, oh, you know, I think I had lots of imposter syndrome and I've heard myself using words like integrity. And these are words I'm using now because I um, went through a particular process. But me three years ago, who was like, I don't know what this imposter syndrome is everyone's talking about, what's like, like all that language was such a, it was so kind of opaque that I was like, I don't understand what that has got to do with what I'm going through right now, which was what I was going through was like, I'm really anxious and stressed and I don't really know what's going on, <laughs> you know? And I'm totally. And, um, and so, like you say, when you've sort of moved forward and you, your language does change because, you know, you start absorbing different information. Um, and so the, the you three years ago is possibly still there, but you're not necessarily going to be able to tap into it in the same way as if you spoke to somebody who genuinely is at that point right now um, and can explain to you exactly how they're feeling. Plus, we're all individuals. So, you know, speaking to a variety of people, they're going to have a few different ways of explaining, you know, their experience or where they're at. Um, And the, the, the more of that you've got to pull from, there's a richer pool of language and of ideas um, you know, the, 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 the better you're going to be able to connect and the more varied your copy will be as well. Exactly. And so my next question would be, once you've compiled all of this, do you have like a process for keeping track of it all or sorting through it or, you know, pulling out things that you can use at a glance or, because I feel like that's also something that I know I've struggled with and maybe listeners are struggling with too is, okay, now I have these interviews and I have their language, but how do I like organize it in a way that I can actually use it in my copy? So yeah, I just use a Google document, which sounds really low tech and it is, I call it messaging matrix. Um, And what I do, sorry. um, And what I do is in this Google document, I, you know, through all the, 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 you know, the phone calls that are recorded, I get them transcribed. I've got through an app called Otter. Um, and I put it all into this Google document. And initially, I just split it into kind of four main things. So essentially, struggles or pain points, you know, benefits and outcomes, anything that's a kind of differentiator, anything that kind of is talking about, you know, what would make me or you, you know, you know different um, to your competitors. Um, and anything that comes up that is quite obviously some sort of objection that you might need to think about. Um, and then... When it's all in there, and as you're copying it in, you start to see themes emerge. Um, so to give you an example, one of my clients is a fitness coach, and his um, demographic is women 35 plus. And, um, you know, the, through the different sort of calls that he did and, and the market research he did, and he sent it through to me, you know, all these themes were emerging. There were all these different ways of women saying that basically um, – you know, they, they're always putting themselves last. They didn't know how to kind of find the time uh, to commit to their own fitness regime. Um, or, you know, another theme that emerged was that um, they weren't, you know, clear on how to, um, you know, track their nutrition properly or that they weren't sure that they would be able to commit to something. And so just by sorting it into these themes, I just said, you know, at a glance, you can 
the thing I like about Google Document, as long as you just use the headings, you can see along the left, you can easily kind of get that overview. It's almost like a table of contents throughout the document. Um, and it, for me, that it works really well. And then if you need something, you've just got that control F, find feature. So between those two, it just means I can always just go back to this single document and I can just grab what I need or, you know, have a look and see what people are saying about a certain topic. Um, and then to turn that into a social media content plan, I um, take, so I end up calling them like triggers. So each sort of like say sentence that's, you know, or, or a question or whatever, um, I put it into a Trello board and it kind of follow a similar thing. So it's a Trello board that's split into the different kind of struggles, you know, objections, all that kind of stuff. And then each card becomes a, a trigger, which is just a sentence that someone has said. And then I can like map out 30 days of content, let's say, just with those. And I can move it around, be like, okay, I'm going to make sure I've covered a few pain points. I've covered a few, you know, outcomes here. Um, get my um, call to action posts. So I'm talking about actually the thing that I sell. And then when it comes time to write it, you just use that thing as inspiration. And it, quite often you just need to take what someone said, turn it into a question and you're off and you can just, you know, you're writing. And again, it comes back to this idea, it's a conversation. So you're not sitting there like at a blank, staring at a blank page going, well, okay, I need to write about, you know, a topic, whatever, what's going to resonate. So someone has said this very specific thing. And so you're writing in response to something that somebody has said. So that is actually kind of having a conversation with them. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just sort of constantly it being a sort of one-way monologue that you have to keep coming up with ideas. Um, so it's kind of, I guess, hard to explain without showing, but between Google Docs and Trello board, I, yeah, it, 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 and I'm terrible at organising. So if I can make it work, <laughs> anyone can. I love that idea of using it for your social media. And again, the picture that I'm getting is you come off as the expert and this is something that, again, a lot of my audience and clients struggle with is when you do get on social media or you do go on a podcast or you do write a blog or it's, can you really, really come off as the expert versus what I call the BFF? The BFF wants to share inspiration and they want to tell you about, you know, what they're doing and versus coming off as the expert of, no, I know exactly what you're struggling with. I have clients who are struggling with the same things. And I know this is the problem. This is why it's happening. And here's the solution, right? Here's my program or my service. And this gives you so many options, just like you said, to create all different kinds of posts that speak to your exact ideal client. So when they find you on Instagram or they find you on Facebook or whatever your social media of choice is, they go scrolling through and they're like binging your content because they're, they're really resonating with that. And again, oh my gosh, this person is reading my mind. Exactly. And this is like coming back to your example with leaky guts. So if you've you know done the research and then you've, you've got a theme that's emerged where um, I don't know, you said, you said something about acne. So if there's lots of different ways that, that um, some people talking about, you know, skin problems. So what you lead with is that description that they've got about how they're experiencing issues with their skin. Um, and that's going to grab their attention because they're like, yeah, that's, that's something I'm struggling with. 
And then to get the, you know, to show your expertise, then you segue into, did you know that it could be because of, you know, da, da, da. And, you know, and then you, you teach them something or share your expertise that way. And that's how you kind of uh, segue them into to, um, you know, understanding that the real issue that's going on is maybe not what they think, but you need to grab their attention first. And, the, and you know, that's by talking about the stuff that people, the tangible stuff that people are experiencing in their lives. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's the kind of stuff they're going to tell you. And that's what you can use. That's, these are the kind of things I mean when I say triggers for your content is, you know, someone talking about, you know, bloating um, or whatever. That's the thing that starts your, your post, you know, and gets their attention. That's the curiosity, the desire, and they keep reading. And then you segue into sharing your expertise around it and, you know, what's really going on and how you can help them. And it just makes it so much more authentic. I know we throw around aligned and authentic and like all these words now that you want to be vulnerable and all things that we're supposed to show up as online. And sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming to feel like, okay, well, how do I show up as authentic then? How do I show up as not being sleazy? How do I show up and talk about my services without feeling like, you know, I'm just standing on a, a soapbox saying, you know, I have all the answers and this is exactly it, right? It's showing up and saying, Hey, I, I understand exactly what you're struggling with because here's a personal story that, you know, I used to struggle with, or here's exactly what I got from my market research. And I know this is what people are struggling with because I took the time to ask, and this is what people are saying. Right. And then that just makes it so much more authentic for you to sell, but also to have those conversations, like you said, with your ideal clients, because it is authentic. It is coming from them in their voice. And it makes it feel way easier to talk about the solution when you know that they understand now what the actual problem is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like you can't force authenticity. I think that's kind of where it all gets a bit weird, isn't it? It's like you must be authentic. What does that mean? You know, how do I, how do I show that that I'm authentic? But when you take the time to have conversations with people, then it is authentic because, like I said, it's you're having a conversation. Your social media content is a reflection of that conversation, and you're continuing it. Um, and people can tell that. It's just, we know, don't we? We're sort of instinctively, we're hardwired um, as humans to kind of just sniff it out. We kind of know when it's when it's real. And I think that comes through, absolutely. Um, you know, that you're, you're not just churning out content for the sake of it, but that it's as a result of something that, you know, someone has said to you. I think, I genuinely think it comes through and it makes all the difference. A hundred percent. And I know that you have uh, like a mini course that talks more about writing social media posts as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little mini course that basically goes through this process I've been talking about, about how to, the different ways that you can do this customer voice research and how to organize it, how to set it all up and get like your content plan done. Um, yeah. So basically what we've been talking about today. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I'll make sure I'll link that, but where can everybody find you if they want to learn more about your other services and if they want to hire you to do some copywriting for them? So my website is uh, the coaches copywriting toolkit.com. Um, and yeah, it's kind of all on there. Um, I've got a few different, yeah, I've got a few different ways that you can work with me. 
Um, I'm on Instagram. At the moment, it's Cattop, I think, C-A-T-T-O-P-P. And um, there's Kathy Topping on Facebook. Awesome. So I'll make sure that all of those resources and links to work with Kathy are in the show notes for sure. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with expertise with us today. I know that this is going to be such a popular episode because you gave away so much juiciness. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Are you subscribed to the podcast yet? We put out episodes every single week, so make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. And have you had a chance to leave us a review yet? Reviews help us connect to like-minded people like you and help grow the show. It only takes a minute to leave your feedback on Apple Podcasts, and I'd be forever grateful. Thanks so much. See you in the next episode.